Like you feel the bell. It's, it just hits different. It. You know what you like. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's goosebumps. I'm feeling goosebumps. I'm like, give me a goosebumps. Yeah, pun intended. Well, goosebumps. Yeah. Talk to me, goose. Oh. Inverted. Inverted. Give him the bird. It's like, uh, this oh, is the advocacy podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Tristan. Teen uh, of uh, season, season two. two. Season two. Yeah. And Clearly, does everybody has to know what that is, dude. If you don't, you've seen Maverick, right? Absolutely. But I mean, if you, I mean, this Top Gun, like talk if you, me. if you talk, talk to me, goose. goose, talk to me, goose, talk oh. to me. And then the talk, talk, to, talk me to me, dad. Oh, <laughs> Miles Teller. Oh. You heartbreak are you? Oh my Lord. Oh. And then, all right. So I enjoyed the entertainment value of that movie was yep. there. There was, there was entertainment. It was thick. Yeah. The part that I don't like is they didn't name an enemy. The unnamed. It was a rogue nation with Gen 5 fighters. Dude, it had to be. Uh, you got to. Okay, so. There's only. I besides us, there's only a few of the handful of other countries that have those. First of all, that song rocks. Top Gun yeah. Anthem was like probably one of the greatest anthems ever written for a movie. If I was like a pro fighter, that might be my walkout music. Good fight song. Good. Good oh, walkout. Okay. Good fight. I'd be all right. I feel like Danger Zone would be better, though. That's true. Yeah. I mean, or like, any okay, other... well, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like if we walk, it, it's out, the way to, it's like not it's... like Hell's Bells or other no, songs, like, but, like, but you're like, yeah, the sunglasses and everything. But they lose me when they show Kenny Loggins singing it because it's like, Kenny, he's, he's a genius. And I love his music, but like, in this video, you're like, what the hell is going on here? I'm laying on my bed with like a pirate shirt. Yeah. It's and like he... the shirt, right? You watch Seinfeld, right? Jerry with a puppy shirt. You know what's, what's even better though? Is like I absolutely want to see Justin Timberlake do this with his uh his ramen <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Yeah, because I, I feel like it would just totally be on the money. But um, in Maverick, I even like like the part where they show up and they haven't had the, the Kawasaki like crotch rocket. It was, was classic. Mm. The the right year and everything. Mm-hmm. Gotta, yeah. Oh he kept bomber it. jacket. Mm-hmm. I, I mean there was, uh, there was there was a lot of good things about it. A lot of really good things There's about it. There's some Easter eggs in that movie, too. Tell me about what you found. So, like, there was in one scene, it was towards the beginning, they showed the desk of, I can't remember if it was the control center desk or it was the desk of one of the generals. There was a Tom Cruise bobblehead of Maverick on so the desk. When I get it, I'll have to watch and, and look for that again. Yeah. Because like, you it. see it and you're like, There's a, I was like, was that just a Tom Cruise bobblehead right there? Like, I was just <laughs> in the movie. I started playing, <laughs> tears are rolling down my eyes. I thought I was 13 again. Is that the right age? Well, it came out in 84, but, I mean, it depends on when how old you what? were. What, really, 84? Yeah, it's an old movie. No freaking way. Yeah, dude, Tom Cruise is a baby. Okay, so I was like five? Holy crap. Yeah, so I was born. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, like, thinking, I'm like, you know, there's some other things in that movie, like, because it was, it was kind of funded by the Chinese, let's be honest. Um, dude, he didn't take off the Thailand patch. I know. But Which I mean the, the Taiwan patch. Yeah, Taiwan. Sorry. Yeah, he left the Taiwanese flag on there, and uh, but that was a point of contention in the movie. Like, oh no, big were, time. There were there was talk of like removing that, and there's some some other things involved with that, but they never named an enemy. 
It was like, oh, just Rogue Nation, Gen 5 fighters, and like, okay, Russia, China, us. So, okay, okay. the whole not naming enemy, though. <laughs> um, have you ever seen, like, any of the other 80s jet fighter pilot shows, like... Uh, I don't even go to, like, Red Dawn. No, that's, that's too old. Okay. I'm talking, like, for the kids. Like, Top Gun was kind of like, it was, I know it was a romantic whatever, and adults loved it. But, like, for me, it was... Um, it's still a kid-friendly, like, thrill movie. It totally is. They both are. I mean, you get the middle finger, and that's about it. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's not hardcore. And you don't see Jennifer Connelly's hotness do anything crazy. Gosh, she was hot back in the day. Dude, she was. I mean, she looked great now. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. she looks good now. Um, I mean, she, you know, it is... Well, in the original, obviously, it was Kelly McGillis. Yeah. I liked the role of the female in this latest movie because she wasn't as, like, a much of a pushover. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Kelly McGillis, I wasn't a huge fan of. I thought well, I mean, they could have cast that role way better. When a group of dudes starts singing these songs, you just melt. Yeah, you just, uh, just melt. You lost dude. that love and feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, like. What are you I mean, in the Maverick, like I don't want to spoil it for for people, but like there's there's a lot of nostalgia. That there's a lot of meat on that bone. Dude, there's so much nostalgia and so much good feeling. I'm like, dude, I love how they took the memories and just used the cuts from the VHS because it was. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like a memory because of how it was, it was like. Recorded. Yeah, it was like doing a homage type thing where if they're doing like an in memoriam yeah especially the goose parts mm-hmm. like in, so good yeah dude in miles teller with the mustache and the sunglasses uh, it was it was, was kind of uncanny i was yeah. like what in the actual house no way. it was a little enough of a twist where you're like okay it's not totally yeah what was the uh edwards anthony edwards who played goose yep wasn't completely him but it was enough that you're like i see it mm-hmm. oh I totally, totally yeah really good yeah it was really good um i just there was angst in it. There was there was heartwarmingness. There was there was campiness. There, there was. was. <laughs> I mean, okay. To be honest, though, could you have asked for something better? What, what could, how could you have made it better? It was written like a sixteen, like by a sixteen year old boy, and that, it was a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. And that's which how means yeah, it's that's things exploding, talks. fast cuts to each scene, like a lot of action packed into a short amount of time. Okay, we, so, you know what you're gonna get. Tom was Tom stepped it up and said, "Look, every actor has to be inside of an actual jet doing the stuff." They filmed the freaking insane. So the part where they're doing the bombing run stuff, like in the actual, that's real. Movie, that is filmed in Washington. Oh, actually, Abby was oh. telling me that it was filmed not far from their family's cabin, like near Mount Rainier. That's way cool. Yeah, I mean that's so like, like super cool. She's like, I know where that is. Like in the theater, she's like, that's right by my cabin. I'm like, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty badass, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a. It was good. It was quality. Like it was, was worth the admission. Yeah. Was your theater packed? Like freaking packed. It was pretty stinking full. There were like four seats available when I went to buy. I had one seat next to me. But I was, we chose the aisle. Like we bought like last minute. Dude, I was three rows up because I bought last oh, minute. See, I was actually <laughs> in the upper level, which was nice. We were right on the aisle, so it was oh, that's really, really nice. It was sweet. It kind of worked out nicely. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there was only like six empty seats. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I got to be honest. Um, I loved it. I got to tell you this too. I loved it. You can thank COVID for this, for going to the theater. I've never seen that much smuggled food and beverage ever in a movie theater as there is now. People are stepping up their game. Like they are like, and they're brazen about just walking in with Starbucks. Like we're going in and see you later. Yeah. There was like somebody that had like a full bag of like McDonald's. Like it's hard because (laughs) like, I know they make their profit from concessions. No, sure. That, I mean, that's where the money. I goes. mean, you're getting a bottle of Aquafina for dude. It was six bucks. It's something like after the first like two and a half weeks or three weeks or whatever. That's when the theater starts getting money off the ticket sales. Yeah, 
Um, so I get it, but I just can't spend that much money, even if it's bottomless popcorn. Dude, I had I had to go. I was like, I rarely go to the theater for movies. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so you had if to do I it. do, I had to get popcorn. Yeah, I had, I had to, to get a yeah. popcorn and a water. I was like, I got, like, I have to. I had a Azteca just before. Okay. Just so I was salsa. feeling, dude, I ate the entire chimichanga. Oh, so good. So you're full. I was, I was happy. Belly. Yeah, I was done. I was like, I just need a little water. I'm good. <laughs> it was a good time, dude. It was, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, what else? Have you seen anything else recently? It was actually it's phenomenal. So I, I watched all Stranger Things. You probably haven't seen that. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I told. I expected that. It's no, not a big deal. I have plans to go see Sonic Two with Owen. I already watched it. He watched Sonic One the other yesterday. Okay, because he's on summer vacation. And then I got him with one of those little balsam woods like planes. Oh, nice. Throw. Yeah, the old school ones. The old school ones. Like you can put something together. Like here, like knock yourself out for fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Great idea, right? Thought it was a genius move. He's standing there in the living room, turns around and chucks it right at my TV. Yeah, absolutely. And has the metal tip on the front of it. Oh, no. Not the plastic tip anymore? Mm. Wow. So, nice little, like, probably, I don't know, one-inch line in my TV now. Oh, my gosh. the display. Like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like. I feel like. I had a great conversation about there are consequences for our actions, even if they're a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like for TVs, they should make giant screen protectors that aren't expensive as all hell. At least, like, fine mesh that hangs down, like, a net for a football <laughs> game, like, behind the goalpost. Dude, you can get those really, really fine um, screen door things. It would actually cut the glare, if you think about it, too. Yeah, big time. That'd be cool. That's a really good idea. Really good idea, yeah. Hey, don't steal our idea. We're going to be hey, so rich. I showered today. You're welcome. I'm glad. Um, and I'm like... Realizing there's no soap. We are sponsored by a... I was out of it. Well, no, I wasn't out of it. I have it, but I was out in the shower. Okay. It was, there was nothing I was left. Saying, like, we're sponsored by... So I'm like yelling. Over there. Dad, there. Patriot. Hey, Patriot we're right there. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm literally I'm yelling for my son. Dad, tell him what? I'm like, dude, get in here. Which is awkward. Not in the shower with me, but like in the bathroom. Whatever, you know? So I'm looking to question dad. All right. And like... I'm like, oh, dude... <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of soap. Can you pick me out one? Okay. And he hands me Sheepdog. It's mint soap I love. Dude, it's I like. I love the, it. It is like the most perfect. Summer soap. Mint soap version ever. That's great for summer, too. Oh, it's, it's so refreshing. Nice cool. It is so refreshing. I did a uh, hose dragger. I had to get a new bar out. God, freaking love. Oh, hose dragger is so good. I like, uh, I was, I did, I used both of my bars of back-to-back of the uh, hipster repellent. Oh goodness! See, I I like to I take them and I shuffle them, so I I go through what I'm I not really I the, my couldn't. favorites, and then I get to the next, and I'm like, oh good, I'm here now, yeah. you know. And then it's like, but it's like you keep opening one, and you're like, oh, I like this one. Why, why don't I use this one more? And I then, struggle, dude, because I like I bring them everywhere, and I'm like, here, yeah, here, you, here, you need. I this. give them out to friends. Like, here's a bar of soap. And they're like, yeah. what, do you, what do you want? It's like, trust me, you'll ask me for another one, dude. So you can get them at Artful Dodger now, also. Oh really? Tattoo place, yeah. Okay. Um. Hooked him up. Lucky. Shop, Marvel Dodger. Um, there's that new store downtown in the old post, not post yep. office building, but it's the one on the corner where Kai, not where Kaiju Sushi is, but further up the street. Like, literally right across the street. Yeah. I found it. It's right across from Crafted. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of spots locally that you can pick it up still at Anchor Coffee. Um, or, He's a, so production's really nice. It, it hasn't slowed down, which is good. Yeah. And it's still the, best, the quality it should be. It's the best quality you can have. Um, I'm just kind of surprised, like... At what point in time are we going to see the ramifications of crazy-ass expensive gas? 
on our local products here. It's coming. Over five dollars a gallon. Well, I mean, we'll look at like the federal the federal rate that you can claim for taxes now. It only went up by three cents. Yeah, it went from fifty five to fifty eight point five fifty eight and a half. Which is ridiculous. That's stupid. It's a sh- it should be somewhere in the 75 to 80% 80% range right now. Yep. To even get remotely close to covering your expenses. I so am. I'm just re- receipts on everything, and I'm, like, claiming fuel this year. Like, it's going to be, I'm going to save more money if I flat claim my gas instead of my mileage. That's so insane. <laughs> Dude, so insane. I'm driving the truck now because I sold my car, obviously. Mm-hmm. Which, insurance-wise, cut my insurance in half. Well, that's good. Fuel-wise, it's doubled. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm spending like 90 bucks every six days. I've been like, man, maybe I want a moped, a little scooter. I had one, and I'm looking again now. I'm like, I found one the other week. I almost bought it. I was like this close to buying it. I'm going to do fat guy in a moped. That's how oh, I feel. Dude, it's so good, too. And ca- summer, but, it's so fun. But I kind of want an old-school Honda 50. Yep, that's what I had. It was a Honda. Freaking it amazing. It was the Honda Aero 50. Yep. It was black and red. Had the nice, sweet like cursive 80s writing with like blue and pink mm-hmm. like shadowing behind forever, oh, dude, dude. it was like retro as all get out it was flipping awesome that thing 65 miles a gallon that's amazing you know how big the tank it's was amazing two 1.1 gallons <laughs> <laughs> it's like exactly. right a weed eater but yeah no oh, whatever it's but all dude, good. you'd bomb around town like 34 miles an hour just mm-hmm. pinned out but like dude it was Nobody fun cared. it was so fun yeah that's i'm so gonna fun. find me another one i'm looking Hey, so um, are you noticing any food shortages yet? A little bit. I mean, eggs are interesting. Costco, yeah, well, Costco like, raised their prices on eggs. How many egg farms have burnt up already? Two, three? Hold on. Can we cue the X-Files theme uh, so we can get into, like, our I don't, conspiracy? I don't have it queued up. I mean, because really, that's how it should. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, um, tinfoil hat time. Um, yeah, there's... Dude, right. So how many? So, okay. so we had the the avian flu ravaged, right? Then we had chicken farms burned down. Yeah. Then we had meat packing facilities burned, burned down. down. We had an airplane crash into a meat packing facility, which caused it to burn down. Which caused it to burn down. And then we had this week three thousand head of cattle in Kansas um, died from heat, all in the same so area. I think in the same field. I think we're all, all three thousand head. A little over sixty worldwide have all burned. Now, the weird part to me is, like, doesn't every place there have an entire sprinkler system throughout? Yeah. Uh, the, how? We should play back Napoleon Dynamite to see if there's sprinklers in the chicken farm that he was in. I'm almost 100% positive there were sprinklers in the whole thing. Like, <laughs> like you don't, you don't, there have, would, a, have, you don't have a facility like that and not have those. For sure. To protect all of your, your equipment and stock and everything. Like, Can chicken swim? Have you seen all the uh, potatoes they're dumping in just the random fields and, like, whatever? Yeah. Oh, and then Bill Gates bought up all that farmland. All of it. I mean, there's... Uh, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> it's... What's next, groundwater? Like, legitimately. Ser- I mean, well, they're, they're talking about how they're finding random chemicals in the water. Flint, Michigan, there was a dude... I, I watched the video. There's a guy that created... Um, he's a like a military engineer or whatever, created this, like, big green machine that literally pulls water out of the air. And it goes in these tubes, and it, people can use it. And yeah. in Flint, Michigan, he recently talked about how it was vandalized. And he was like, it wasn't like somebody vandalized, like some, some dude, but someone with actual mechanical engineering knowledge had to have gone in to screw it up. So there's a town in Arkansas where Johnny Cash was born. Oh, cool, man in black. That, that has a giant water tower mm-hmm. with Johnny Cash painted on the side of it. Sweet. 
somebody shot Johnny Cash right in the man region on the water tower with a large caliber rifle. And so Johnny Cash has now been peeing for over a week and a half. Johnny Cash me outside and pissed on me. <laughs> it's Johnny uh, R. Kelly. Johnny what? Hey. <laughs> Sorry. If you don't move, <laughs> is it really assault? I mean, it's a silhouette, so. Well, but it's like the man in black, and he's wow. like standing there with his guitar, and he's just like, it look, literally looks like he's peeing. Like, that's epic, <laughs> and that sucks all the same, because that's but an expensive fix. That is an expensive fix, one. Two. Oh, no, it's not, dude. It's not. Dude, you just flex slap seal. the thing on. Exactly. Flex the, where's the flex done. seal guy at? Done. Problem solved. Scuba guy in there, get her done. That's it. Oh, that, <laughs> you don't have to do it on the inside. Just go on the outside. Bonk. You think it'll handle that pressure? Because it's got a lot more pressure than that. Oh, dude, it's like, that's a massive it's a lot of water pressure. tank. But, like, they, they did the estimate of, like, how much water has come out of it. And it has, like, kept their well on consistently now. Oh, because wow. Because it's having to continually refill. Like, it's sad, but it seems kind of funny. But, yeah, flex seal that bad boy. Problem solved, right? If we work on a boat on an infomercial, come on, dude. I I would I would have somebody weld on, like a, uh, you know, like an um, Robin Hood, Prince of Men in Tights. Yeah, her little chastity belt. Chastity I would belt, totally like, have somebody chast- weld on a chastity on belt outside. on the outside of Johnny Cash. Because <laughs> if, if it's there, you might as well just. Make I would it work. love to see a giant acne cork. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'd be fun. Like oh, dude, that'd be style. Fun. Sweet. That'd be so funny. So, okay. We're not conspiracy theorists, but we are we noticing are. weird things happening um, you, that you can't deny. I mean, um, you, just, you just can't deny it. Do, do we Unless you really want to. Do we want to get into COVID results real quick? Wow. Vaccine? Oh, my gosh. Do we really want to talk about um, okay. Go ahead. So... I can't remember if we talked about it in the last episode. So we talked. We had the breast milk or not breast milk? Show, the f- f- formula the shortage, right? Suck a boob episode? No, okay. Formula, the formula shortage, shortage yeah. right? You know we've been suffering with that and having to fly in formula from Europe and all that stuff. Um, so if you go into the lab studies which have recently been re- released from the Pfizer vaccine, yes, um, that was the commonality which has been approved by the FDA but never actually given to any people. Um, Sorry now it's going to be part of the whole vaccine schedule for yeah. kids. Yeah, and and I'm this is disgusting and and pissing me off to no end. Um, so th- that got approved based on the test from lab rats in Belgium. Oh, I remember this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe it was only 48 lab rats that had to go through the trial in order to get approval for people. Um, and in that they tested it on pregnant lab rats. Do you know what happened to the pregnant lab rats that got the vaccine? Everyone lost the. Uh... Baby, didn't it? No, not all of them. They stopped producing breast milk. They stopped producing milk. Wow. So I know that the Bayer plant that was in Texas, I believe, that was one of their, or Abbott, that had the the production plant for formula shut down. Mm -hmm. I do understand that one. But if you're looking at a tenfold increase in women that have been failing to at least produce 30%... Decrease in breast milk production. That's amazing. Think about how many now more women are having to supplement with, with formula. Yeah. So now your need for formula has tenfold increased, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we're like, oh, and we're wondering why we have a formula shortage. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm no genius, but like, this makes sense. There's just, um, and then now it's like vaccine. Oh, we have, um, 
what is it? Sudden adult death syndrome? Yeah. Just out of nowhere. Oh, a sudden adult death syndrome. Okay. What's it caused by? Oh, uh, we don't know. I mean, we, we don't want to admit. Um, it's actually in those documents why it's happening. I, I've, I've seen them. I read it. Yeah, I read it too. There is a People. there's a website. If you want it, you can message us on on the message Ryan. He'll he'll let you know. There's a website that has <laughs> it dumbed down. They hired. It's actually a liberal doctor. She openly voted. Like I said, I voted for. I I stand for medical information. I don't stand for politics. And wow. she found five thousand other doctors worldwide to take those document those Pfizer documents, and actually break them down. To like layman's terms, what it means. That's cool. And so That's really cool, they've actually, been yeah. going through it and releasing it. And it is holy freaking crap. I believe it. I will never put that poison in my body. And I'm, I'm just going to openly say that. Like, I mean, I was like, you do you, boo, if you think it works, whatever. Now I'm like, I will openly tell you, no, don't do it. You know, I won't get it. So, yeah, I'm yeah. not never going to my. Not gonna happen. I'm not gonna um, put that poison in my body. Are you kidding me? I watched What is a Woman? Did you? The previews have been amazing. Homie. I've heard it's awesome. It is. I heard it's also terrifyingly sad. Absolutely. It's both. Everyone needs to watch it. Everyone. I like Matt Wall. Hmm? I like Matt Wall. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. He he ends the, the documentary perfectly. But like you're just you're watching it and you're like these guys are experts. Like what in the actual hell is going on? You know we because it's Pride Month, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw a post out there and it was like you know, Pride is not love, right? It's one of those things like love is not prideful. It does not yep. boast. Like if you go into the Bible, it talks about like what love is and what love isn't. Pride is not love. We look at acceptance and everybody wants acceptance now for like this lifestyle. I'm sorry. You're never going to get acceptance a hundred percent of things. Right. And if you're going to be forced into acceptance, we can have tolerance. Let's have that conversation. Tolerance means that there's going to be opposing viewpoints that exist within the same arena. Mm-hmm. Right. And you tolerance can, is great. And tolerance is great, right? Because you need it to be able to function in a normal society. You're not going to agree 100% of the time with everybody. Correct. But now you're being asked to agree 100% of the time, no matter what. Even if it violates your personal religious views, you need to accept it. So I follow a gay conservative. Okay. Not not the one, not, um, not what's-his-face, you know, the main one that's out there? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, the one that's, like, super, super... Actually, I follow a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and, and this one... This one cat, he's he's a black like gay cat from uh, I think it's like Arizona or whatever, or maybe Texas somewhere. Yeah, um, super cool. And he was actually talking about it. he was he was like he was like you know it's Pride Month, and he's like I should be happy, but he he was like, there's no reason to praise and devote an entire month to sexual preference. Mm-hmm. And and I, I was like it, it's kind of got me, and I'm like wow. Unless it's to fundamentally deconstruct normal society, I could see it. But I, I was like, "Wow!" I was, I was like, "That's really, really." I mean, that's deep because that's so true. We don't have straight month. There's nothing like that. There's no, yeah, right. And and I mean, like, I understand that we we force this agenda of like everybody should be super proud of who they are, no matter what they are. And I, I guess it's okay. 
Although if you're a pedophile, you should be super proud that I'm coming after you. Well, you want acceptance, so now I have to accept pedophilia. If you're a drug addict, I have to accept your drug habit. But I mean, like, there should, I mean, there yeah. should, there should be tolerance month. Yeah. Where we tolerate, tolerate those things that make us amazing people because we're different and diverse. Or diversity month would actually be better, wouldn't it? Yeah. I believe that was in an office episode, too. Oh. Maybe there is that. I don't know, man. I'm I saying that jokingly, but yeah. But like, you know, like I, I, I just, I, everybody has their own value and I totally believe that wholeheartedly. And I feel like, Hey, you know what? Um, if you're, I don't know what the plus is, but the LGBTQ isn't G and Q the same and L yeah. gay and queer. What's the difference between gay and queer? You're I don't more, know. You're more gay. I don't know what the plus is either. So like, are you $9? Like clearer than a nine dollar, like you're three it doesn't times, make sense to three me. times the gay. I'm it, it confuses me, but anyway, you know, hey, <laughs> like if, jokingly, if but... that's if that's who you are, though, right? Okay, great, be who you are, yeah. But your sexuality, again, and I've said it multiple times, does not define you as a human being. No, absolutely not. You define you as a human being, not your sexual preference, not whatever. Don't that that's not the lead in your life. I don't run around boasting about how I have straight sex and how great or bad I am at it. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, like that's not what defines me. Me as a human being defines me. Well, my heart. You know, I wrote something on social media the other day. It was between a person that we both know, um, that it commented on something because there's been some, some backlash here locally with things that have happened. Did I read this? I don't or know if it? you read this or not. Oh, I didn't. Oh, Ooh, okay. Well, yeah. well, go ahead and read it. So, so, so I got sent something saying like, why would, why would anything related to pride month bug me? Acceptance is a beautiful thing. And they had posted a friendly reminder that you don't need to be fully understand the nuances of gender identity to know that each individual person knows who they are better than you ever will. Okay, first off, what's good for you is good for you, and what's good for me is good for me is not a healthy tenant in the slightest in society. That's not. Um, and in my life, I live with a Christian biblical worldview. That's not biblical at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, like, except, expecting acceptance by everyone is narcissistic in definition. I'd say seeking tolerance is easier to assume, but me living as a hetero white Christian male single father, not everybody's going to accept me, my role, my point of view, my lifestyle. That's simply not possible. It's like, it cannot be expected. Well, it's almost like we're being persecuted right now anyways. Yeah. People can agree to coexist with me without forcing me to stop being who I am. That is tolerance, not acceptance. Regardless, acceptance is up to every individual. It shouldn't be an expectation. Tolerance or allowing those people who have their space, uh, regardless of agreement of their individual choices, is, is much easier for society to function. Mm-hmm. I can have tolerance to pretty much anyone because forcing my beliefs on others isn't, going to, isn't loving. Respect for others is love. Acceptance for others is not love. Especially say the choices are destructive. How is accepting something that is destructive showing love? If you are forcing acceptance of any lifestyle, sexual preferences, gender roles, religions, etc. on others, it isn't respecting the free choice of the other people around you. I'm not going to embrace someone's severe drug habit, pedophilia, violations of my faith, harming of others, etc. in the names of being accepting no matter what media and social movements tell me to do. It's true, dude. <clears throat> We've let the entire movement go too far. Yeah. Um, and, and like... Part of that also is like I, I always hear people talk about, you know, oh, you have to accept me or accept this or, or whatever. We don't have to accept people and their bad behaviors. Yeah. 
and we're not saying this about the LGBTQ, I'm saying in general, if someone has bad behaviors and bad attitude, you don't have to allow them in your life. Exactly. Period. Like, we don't have to put up with them, no matter the excuse. If you don't add any value to someone's life, then you shouldn't be in it. So, uh, like, if, if you want to blame your actions or, or issues on diagnosis, then you and your diagnosis need to leave my life. And I don't understand. Here's the worst part. Why have we taught our kids that they have to accept people? <coughs> they should be taught, I don't have to put up with somebody that's being bad to me. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not okay. Do you have enough cord there? Like, yeah, we're good. Pull around. I'm sorry. I, like, I didn't. Like cut my right ear. I didn't really pull. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I didn't really slip it up right. Sorry. No, but it's true, though. I mean, like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, my kids, you know, they're taught to accept people in their life. And there are a lot of narcissistic little schmucks out there that treat other kids like dirt. And then you're like, your your kids are like, oh, I have to accept them. Like, no, you can walk away. Walk the hell I'm gonna away. I'm going to tell my son, I mean, that's something I teach him. Not everybody's ever going to accept you. Nobody owes you. That. And you don't owe them. Yeah. And you don't owe to accept that. Like, they're, you can tolerate people. You're not going to, you don't have to love everybody. Like, yep. as far as the Gucci warm. Of course. Yeah. You can show them respect. If their car breaks down on the side of the road, help them out. Like, if I, if there's, that's cool. if there's a gay person out there, then I'll use that for an example since that's what we were talking about with Pride Month. <clears throat> the, their house burns down and they don't have any food to eat. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to make them a freaking meal because mm-hmm. that's what good people do. Yeah, that's what that's what proper people do. Absolutely. Am I going to do it because they're gay or am I going to do it because they're a person and they, they're worthy of being helped? Mm-hmm. It's because they're a person worthy of being helped. The, the difference would be as if their house burned down and they said, I need help. And then I asked them, are you gay? And said, oh, no, I can't. Oh, I can't. My religion doesn't, doesn't let me help you. Like, And, by the way, the Bible doesn't say that. Helpless. No, it doesn't say it at all. So, I mean, it's like. There are other ones that say not good things. Yeah, there, there are, are other religions out there. And I brought one up, and I got attacked for bringing it up because it, it totally shot down an argument. And I'm like, okay, fine. One, it's arguing on the Internet. But two, like, you know, you don't. they don't want to hear it. If, you're, if they're in a particular, like, mind frame, and you try to bring the levity of like tolerance versus accept. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear tolerance. They want to hear the strong-handed ideas of what they want to have happen, and it's going to force other people into a mindset. It's, dude. It's tough because we all we want everybody to be good people. Yeah, and and we feel like forcing people to accept our worldview is the way to do it because everyone feels like they're right. Everyone. Hey, you have to accept this. This is what this means because we want to, it's much like dating. We want to impart our feelings, our emotions on the person across from us to go, you're everything I want you to be. And when you find out they're not, then you get crushed. Love me or else you're a bigot. And that's kind of how it feels. Yeah, that is, that is what it is. It's just, it's, it's one of those things and you're like, you're like, we've got to let go of that and go, no, you and I can disagree on a lot of things. And you and I disagree on things often, but that's where good conversation comes in. That's where, that's where talking does. And even if we don't agree at the end, it doesn't matter. We still tolerate a viewpoint. Yeah. It might not be for you. It might not be for me. That's just how it is. But and the same token is that, you know, like where are your fundamental truths? Like where is your line in the sand? As far as if you're going to bend the knee, is somebody asking you literally to let go of your fundamental core beliefs in order to make them feel better for a month. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. 
And it's like, oh, you're, they're setting us back to this. This has been existence. You know what? Faith has been in existence as long as being gay. Well, but the difference though <laughs> is that Pride Month, from what I've seen, and I know, I know some, like I said, I know some amazing gay people, some freaking over the top phenomenal yeah. people, but it, it's like when I see a Pride Parade and it's just like just flaunting sexuality everywhere, it's, I'm like, I'm really confused. Well, especially when they try to force it to kids. If it looks like pedophilia and it talks like pedophilia, I mean, how far but are you away from it? Kids should not be any part of that at no. all. If if you're a child and your parents are gay, cool, that's awesome. But I don't think your your parents are out there like throwing their genitals everywhere. And you know, throwing or like, dildos at you if you're seven years old trying to give you a dildo so you understand what sex toy is. It's conf- like what does that have to do with sexuality? Well, what does it have to do with being gay? I don't get it. I that, don't. That's I where don't. I'm confused. What What does that have to do with being gay? It's It's the equivalent of like you'll see in the news once in a while where a deadbeat dad will like leave a kid in the car while he goes into a strip club. Mm-hmm. Even that dad, in his absence of mind and the depravity of his act of like wanting to go to the strip club, will not bring the kid into the strip club, right? At all. But like yet, if all. it happens at a public park and it's no different, if it involves a crossdresser, you see a community that's like, no, nah, the the depravity line goes away here. The kids are welcome. Go ahead and bring them on in. I would have the same feeling if it was a 19 year old stripper from State Line, like the dance club. Dude, like being it, in a public park and showing her like bits to everybody, like I would have the same feeling. That's a no go. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like Christina Aguilera. Did you see that? Why does she have a Hulk penis on her? Like it was all. I, I don't. It doesn't make any. It was all. I don't understand. I why. don't get it. What does that have to do with being gay? What's I, a big green wiener the, attached to your? You, if you're part of the LGBTQ plus whatever that is, the end percent sign. If you're part of that. Sorry. Infinity sign? I can't, I can't help Sorry. it. It's who I am. You guys know Sorry. that. I'm, I apologize. The, the infinity sign. Yeah. Well, like, seriously, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, you guys, you need to start stepping up and going, look, this is not right. Yeah. You've got to go, hey, we are humans. We are better than this. And not everything is about genitalia. Like, and what I understand. Especially is, if you're talking about things that are not genitalia. If you like, want acceptance as, like, being a normal sexual preference, treat it with the same morality as heterosexuality. I mean, some of those are not so amazing, though, because, you know, you get the I know, you get porn. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, I get know. it. But, like, if, with the mindset of, like, if you're going to, if there's a marriage celebration in the park for a hetero couple, are they going to be throwing around sex toys and have, like, no. wieners and well, I mean, okay, else? So, if you had a parade, well, I guess there are straight parades all the time, right? If you just count any random parade, that would be that. Um, Mardi Gras is, we all know Mardi Gras is a the deviant end, the style. The Lent, yeah. Parade, the Lenten it gets season. crazy, or it's before Lent. Is it before or after? I, I don't know. Remember. But yeah, I mean, whatever. Mardi Gras gets crazy. There's boobs, whatever everywhere. Yeah. So we expect it from that, right? But like, man, if you're gonna have a parade, have a parade. Don't don't make it a a walk of sexual whatever, and be like, oh, accept it for this. No, man. Like, be there. Walk hand in hand. Wear regular clothes. Be who you are. Because whoever's walking through that parade. That's that's not who those people are. I would hope. You know what I I think? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, because it looks like it's just crying for attention. It really is what it appears to be. It's like you need to look at me, so I'm going to do something so ridiculous that, like, and I mean, there's no reason for a six foot four dude, black dude, to be in a woman's thong with a wig, suggestively dancing for kids. I agree. What does that prove? That doesn't make it like it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. 
And it's but it's fr- it's family friendly. And maybe I sound like old man on the front porch yelling at cars going. No, by. but it's I true. I mean, like it, kids, children, let them be children. I mean, that's that's what I say. Children should be children. Because what it's doing actually is, is in You're, some, and especially in the younger males, we wonder why, like, oh, why are there so many hate groups popping up? You're going so far that you're making a lifestyle choice become associated with something that you cannot. It's like becoming tangible. Mm-hmm. And I saw a video of like something on the internet it was of kids. They painted the in honor of Pride Week at a high school or Pride Month at a high school. They colored the stairs rainbow. There were boys in that school that refused to touch the stairs with their feet. So they were literally climbing up the railing because they refused to walk on the gay stairs. Hmm. So like you wonder why we end up with hate groups that are now targeting the homosexual homosexual community. You've told those kids that if you don't prescribe to our thought process, you're a bigot. Well, I'm not going to want anything to associate with you either. If you're going to start telling me that I'm a horrible human being because I don't accept your lifestyle choice. Mm hmm. Like, it's no different than me telling you you're going to hell for being gay. It literally, there is no difference. No, not at all. It's like, I mean, what does my approval of your sexual preference have to do with how you I mean, like, treat you, people? What you do behind closed doors, as long as you're not hurting anybody or with a minor, right? I, you know, and so I say this as a Christian, right? Is that if that's the choice that you want to make, there's the consequences for your choices that you want to make, just like how there is for mine. If I want to go gamble, if I want to delve into porn, if I delve into drug use, alcohol, whatever it is, okay, whatever sin is sin is sin is sin is sin, right? If I make that about my lifestyle and I live it, there's going to be consequences for anything. Guess who doesn't have a say in the consequences of those actions? Yep. You. You can tell me that it's not right. I mean, the whole, like, if you love me, you would tell me, so, like, hey, what you're doing is. Like, in the eyes of God, like, that's not great. But also, you have to make the conscious choice to, to choose. If you don't want to, I'm not going to make you. Yeah. And from my side, I mean, you're, you don't... My kink is... And your kink it might be two different things. But it's still, it's, it's a kink. If yeah. you have that, I don't know if I have a kink, honestly. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it's just, I'm very boring. Um, but... <laughs> That's another episode later. We'll talk about that later. It's, uh, ladies, we'll, we'll, we'll turn the lights down, though, and let some candles for that one. <laughs> but no. But no I mean, so, serious, but like, I'm not going to tell you who and you cannot love. But make it about love. Pride Month doesn't seem to be about love. It seems to be about the sex. And that's where the issue happens. If it was a love thing, I feel like it's a totally different story. Yeah. And, and we're not talking making love. We're talking... If you love, then make your parade about love and loving everyone and not a giant. Why couldn't it be the, you know, and it's like, you're not going to get the fundamental, like, Muslim person to accept homosexuality, right? Because how they celebrate pride. Oh, we can't say that. Yeah. And, but we can't say that, right? So, like, okay, let's pick on the Christians because they're the easy target. Which is true. I mean, we absolutely are because we, we don't, we don't talk much. We don't say a whole lot when whatever, but like. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's just there's a very large misconception um, about that whole fact, and we might go, "Hey, we don't agree with your lifestyle, 
But we're not saying we don't love you. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm not going to go have yeah. coffee with you. Like, yeah, I mean, like, let's sit down. If we're, we can talk out our indifferences, then the day we're going to find out we probably have more things similar than we have things different. Yeah. I mean, there's some big differences, but like, I mean. Where you put it doesn't matter to me. If you treat me with respect, like, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, employers Dude. that force their employees to wear, you know, like a rainbow button or put something on their desk for Pride Month. And they're forcing their employees to do it, whether they agree with it or not. You're not teaching tolerance. At all. At all. Now you're not making it a choice, that person. And guess what? They're going to be 10 times more likely to resist. Well, I mean, that's how you build resentment up anywhere. It's no, that's normal. It's no different than forcing people to put like a cross on their desk and observe Easter. Yeah. It's no different. Could you imagine the uproar about that? Oh, that my would gosh. Be, oh, my. That'd be insanity. It'd be crazy. You know, like now, though, if a kid or a child feels like he is a certain animal, in different school districts, they are required to treat that child as such animal. So the child can sit there. I'm a dinosaur. Well, I mean, there's there's more like cats and dogs. And and the child can sit in there and meow and purr and hiss. Or like the horse girl that we showed. Yeah, and the teachers have to treat them like it's okay. It's going too far. Because now you're encouraging what is normal. Kids are going to question things, right? They're going to push the envelope. Kids are going to abuse things. That's what kids... Dude, as a human, as an adult, I do that. You give me five miles, five miles per hour over the speed limit, I'll take it. I'm going five. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go push seven more. I'm going to go seven because five is the limit now. And once you give me seven, I'm going to go ten. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it, that's human nature, though. Like, we push the envelope a little bit further. Just, it's what we do. And then now you're you're excusing it, and like the, now you're not setting boundaries. And boundaries, kids need boundaries, right? Yes, absolutely. And. So you look at, like, how does this whole, like, conversation affect kids and raising kids in today's society? I think it has a huge deal with raising kids well, in society. Imagine those kids growing up as little meow people and rough people, dog and cat people, of course. What are they going to do when they go to work? What, like, what in go the actual hell is going to happen when these children that we <laughs> haven't disciplined, that we haven't raised properly to actually <laughs> interact with other people, are they going to be in there meowing and hissing at people at the workplace? Maybe if they work at Petco. I'm still saying they, how are they going to get the interview? I don't, I don't know. They're going to be eating hamsters. They're going to ask for their, ask for their but paychecks right now. We are, we're, we're yeah, basically we are, it'd be pretty rough. Dude, we are screwing our children. That's, that was awful. By the way, both those were actually really bad. I know you were trying, but I'm like, You're going to play the meow game? Is that what we're doing? No, because it looks rough. I know. I got the rough one, too. <laughs> but we, I mean, like, we we have to step back and do what's right for our kids. I'm supposed to prepare my children for the future. Absolutely. If I don't teach them how to cook and how to clean, how to take care of themselves, how to interact, how to handle stress, I fail them. That's my job, failing them. Every parent out there that's like, oh, I'm going to let my kid be a cat or whatever, I didn't know that 1984, the book, was going to happen. Was written to be a premonition of what would happen in the future. That's why *Idiocracy* was written, also. I know, dude. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, especially with Brondo. Right now, we're actually going to see the water effect. Oh, water's bad. It's dude, got well, electrolytes. Okay. It's got electrolytes, man. Well, they're saying they tried to say meat was really bad for you. Now they kill all the cows, and they, well, not all of them, but a lot. Yeah, they're going to make. Actual meat more expensive than not meat. And not meat's expensive. 
It's and, hard to make. And they're going to go, here's not meat. I can patent this. You can eat not meat all day long. <laughs> and then we're all going to get, dude, we're going to get all the estrogen and soy, and we're all going to be like, oh. Just come soft. Chill. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? What's that? Poach the crap out of animals. When it gets down with time, Dude, I'm we're in that area. Caveman in the woods. Yeah. Just, I'm going to see an elk and man, I live. Dude, so. Um, have burgers, steak, backstrap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The inner Ted Nugent. I love that. It's so good. I'm dude. sorry. I listened to Ted Nugent last week and I'm like, <clears throat> I feel so bad that people oh. don't get the pleasure of like listening to him often. Yeah. As, as much of like he's villainized as being a psychopath. The dude actually comes off very intelligent if you really listen to what he says. People like to pick and choose. And that that's how it is. Yeah. People people really enjoy. He's very big on living a clean and sober life. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's like, what's that? Um, what's that metal lifestyle that's like no drugs, no whatever? Straight edge. Yeah, he's totally. He's like the first straight edge ever. Yeah, ever. But like. Ted. And you listen to talking to Mike, and it was like, because he was a huge Trump supporter, so he gets written off. But actually, a lot of his stuff that he talks about isn't Trump policies. It's just no. common sense. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I like Ted. Like, I start with, I'm like, I, I like listening to him talk a little bit more. Like, he's he brings a, a different, he talks like a grandpa. Like, he cares about his grandkids a lot. And that's I had why breakfast he. The other day at the roost. Yeah. And there was this old guy, old timer coming in there, and just chatting and having fun and talking to his old buddy. And I was like, I like this dude next to me. It just, it's cool. Yeah, we we have to get back. We have to get back to values and morals, and and not forcing people to accept everything I do. You know, it's like if I'm, I mean, like, you might hate my car. I don't give. I mean, hate my car. It's okay, right? You know, it's like I don't I'm, like your Prius. Everybody, I don't. I don't. I don't have a Prius. <laughs> I know. Abby does. Oh, I'm sorry, Abby. But I still don't like your Prius. I just never have. I, I have just, a friend that has a Prius that has a bumper sticker. And it's like, I drive this Prius to save on gas so I can buy more guns. I accept that answer. <laughs> like, but guns in the back it. of a Prius just sounds weird. I, I love Black Rifle, bought a Prius, and mounted a turret on the top of it. I'm going to have to find it. It's awesome. Totally awesome. <laughs> it is a Prius with a turret. Dude, so I, I guess at some point in time, we should probably talk about what we're talking about. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So this has really been taking me off, like like really, really bothering me lately. And it's when parents try and outshine their children. Yeah. You know, like. I saw that a lot coaching. Oh, gosh, dude. Like, once you have kids, you can still be you and do you, and that's fine. But when you try and live your life through your children or. You try and use your kids as a way to to seem amazing. It's graduation season, right? Yeah, that just makes me just it just screams of everybody knows a mom of like one of their friends or somebody that was in their class that like around graduation made instead of graduation being the moment for their child moving on, it was about mom losing their kid, the kid to growing up. Or it could be a dad for that matter, but most of the time you see it with mom. Dads, you see it a lot with sports. You ever been yeah. to a Southern Baptist church? Yes. And like someone gets slain in the spirit like every oh, yeah. Sunday? <laughs> that's 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 it. Benny Hinn, bodies at the floor. Dude, that's it. That's what it if is. If you want a good entertaining YouTube view, just search Benny Hinn, bodies at the floor. <laughs> and it is literally a compilation of Benny Hinn videos. 
people being slain in the spirit yeah. set to system of a that's down. pretty awesome <laughs> but like i mean it's awesome. i don't understand why these parents have kids and then they don't they don't start lifting their children up all they do is they they put the kids down or they force the kids in situations they want to be so that the parent can go out and do whatever they want and and then use this child as like a little trophy and go look at my trophy child my child does all of this isn't it amazing but behind closed doors they treat that child like dirt and just like a little beat him up slave house worker yeah, yeah it just dude it just freaking it ticks me off there is a delicate balance in that though cuz like you'll see it sometimes in in very hyper religious families so there's a few verses like you know don't overpraise your kids keep them humble like you don't want them getting a big head that's taken out of context, one. Yeah. But two, like, you do praise your kids for the things that they do, but you also teach the humility aspect. That it's, you know, okay, don't talk about yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, and I actually read a story. There's a friend of mine that I went to high school with. It's, um, he's in second right now in the U.S. Open in PGA. Oh, that's, dude, that's amazing. He's in second. That's amazing. And they interviewed him, and they're like, hey, you've had this great first round. You're tied with Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose, two former winners that are very, very well-known golfers. Mm-hmm. How how have you had? And he goes, my dad told me to be humble. Not to, don't talk about yourself first. Everybody else is playing. I got hot at the end. I'm just lucky to be where I'm at. I'm like, Joel, like, yeah, buddy. Awesome. <laughs> like, heck yeah. And, you know, but th- there's a big lesson in that, like to talk about others first. And and it's something that I saw um, watching the NFL draft. It was how many of those guys gave credit to the people around them first. And, Humility is a big thing for success. If you want your kids to be successful, teach your kids to be humble. Absolutely. Because any way of success sometimes is like, it's a blessing, right? If you're, if you're a person of faith, there's you're successful because it's a gift. It's been given to you. You have yeah. to treat it as a such nothing is earned. Like nothing is just given out of like deserving it. You have to go earn it. But in, in the earning, you have to remain humble. That you know, that it's a gift. Like it's didn't have to happen that mm-hmm. way. Even if you you worked your butt off at it, yeah. There's, you can have pride and be proud of the fact you worked your butt off and achieved something, but you remain humble by by going. You know what? I worked my butt off. This is how I got it. Mm-hmm. That's that. It's pretty simple. You know, um, you know it's like and in coaching and I'm not turn this in like a coaching podcast this episode, but like, you know, you see it a lot at sports where. You're, the kids are groomed by by dad or mom or whatever. That like you're going to be a pro athlete, you're going to be a professional baseball player. You're so good, you're amazing. Well, like you, cheerleader life. Yeah, cheer, I mean that's oh big. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, they're groomed. It's like there's perfection. You 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 can't do anything wrong. And even when there is shortcomings, it's given excuses. Oh, it's the other kid's fault. If they have a crap, your kid has a crappy attitude. And things didn't go in. There's like dissension within the team. It's the team's problem, not your kid's problem. Dude, so our our like, our regular sport parents as bad as cheer parents, where it's like, you know, the mom peaked in high school, she was a cheerleading whatever, probably came, probably didn't become the head cheerleader, and then like now is forcing their kids or their daughter or their whatever boy son or daughter, and everything's cheer. But then it's like, oh, we're gonna stack all this other random crap on you and make it so that you don't possibly have a chance to take a break. And if you fail at all, it's just the world's over. Yeah, there's. I just I can't fathom that, man. Like, it's a lot of pressure. That, yeah, no freaking kidding. Like, yeah. I don't think an adult would would last. 
And you start it at a young age. I mean, you wonder why burnout exists, right? It's like, well, and you wonder why so many kids want to commit suicide because they're never good enough for you. Like, well, well, they're given unrealistic expectations. They have the expectation. They've been told their entire life. You're going to be a professional athlete or you're going to be college cheerleader. You're going to be whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to happen. What happens when it doesn't? Because the chances of becoming a division one athlete is three out of a hundred go on to play division one football or division one athletics period. Right. Three out of a hundred. The, the one thing my mom always told me, cause I, I thought I was the most badass martial artist ever on the planet. I thought I was pretty good and I was pretty decent. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just being real. Um, was that there's always somebody better than you. Mm-hmm. Always. And I took that to heart with everything. Yeah. Always somebody better than me. I got it. And even if there's that person's not better than you at this point, there's somebody training to take your place. Somebody's always working harder. Yeah. Which is the crazy part. Yeah. Like, I mean, people don't realize, hey, you might have a calling to do whatever. I, I know some people are like, I'm the best at hair ever. That's what I'm supposed to do. And, and I'm like, why aren't you doing it then? Why, why is, do it. <laughs> you yeah. know, like if you're the best, prove you're the best, make it happen. You know, it's, it is, I don't understand like this whole thought process. And then you get caught in the shoulda, coulda, what is like the, the booby mile syndrome, if you know what I'm talking about. I like, like boobies. Well, booby miles is I a like character. turtles too. Character off of Friday Night Lights. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm yeah. sorry. My bad. Oh, you're good. Booby Miles is a character off Friday Night Lights that thought he was going to go in the NFL. Like, and he blows out his knee, right? And loses his scholarships, and then he, like, sulks and everything else. Like, what happens when things hit the fan? You know, have you trained your kid up enough that they're going to be able to push through that adversity? Probably not. Because if you're grooming your kid to think that everything's going to be coattailed to them, the moment they face adversity, they're going to fold like a cheap tent. Yeah, it's over. And... You know, I was lucky to kind of tell my story. Like, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but like I blew up my knee really bad in high school and my senior year. And my parents did a really good job of encouraging me to be well-rounded. Because being teaching your kids to be well-rounded means that you're giving them the ability to be resilient and pliable in situations, mm-hmm. especially with difficulties. Be really, instead of, it's like what the, you know, some people will say like the the novice of many is the master of none. Well, there's more to that. There's more to that saying. Because if you don't get to know many things, though, you'll be left with little as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when my one of the things of the many that I was good at was taken away, there was other things that I could have done or adjusted. I adjusted my angle, and that's how I got into coaching. If I couldn't play football anymore, okay, I became a coach. You know, and that was something I had ended up like getting way more enrichment out of that and investing in other people's lives than ever being on the field and people pouring into me. Dude, that's the best feeling ever. Investing in other people. Oh, t- that's what, that's why being a parent is so freaking rewarding or can be. Yeah. Cause when you, when you actually invest in your children and their friends, you, yeah. When you humble yourself and you start giving to them, dude, I mean like, so, so my son, my daughter came to town. Yeah. They're out at the, uh, the Kellogg-y, Wallace-y, I don't know, the, the, the thing, the gyro days. Okay. Right? Um, my son went out there, Christian, and he's out there with his, his best friend. And his best friend, like, he, I'm his dad. Yeah. He came in and said he loved me, gave me a hug, all that. Like, I'm his dad. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't imagine if I wasn't, this is going to sound stupid, humble. Can you can you be humble and admit you're humble? Or is that Humble, Greg? Humble. I'm humble, just ask me. 
Yeah. Like, you can you can, can you, being humble. That, I think you can say it, but is you have that to all right? Tastefully, yes. Yeah. Did I do it tastefully? That's weird. I'm humble. Let me tell you. I'm a really good parent. I'm so good at being humble. Yeah. I'm so. What? <laughs> anyway, no. Like, but I mean, you guys know what I'm saying. So it, it's just when I, when I mean, I've invested hours into my my kids' friends because I love everybody. I want I want yeah. to see them succeed and go somewhere with life, you know. And it's like. I couldn't fathom being the parent that's like just using my kid as a trophy yeah, or that is forcing my kid and not seeing the fact that I'm breaking my children down or my child down. Like, can you, could you imagine being the parent that is like, I don't understand why you're depressed and you don't realize Stop it's being you depressed. doing it. Yeah. And it's, you're beating that kid into depression. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy crap, man. You know, and it's, <sighs> It's amazing too, because like I've had some great opportunities in the last like three weeks to like talk to former athletes of mine um, that I've coached. It was kids that like I mean one of them in particular I had a really good relation coaching relationship with. Like he was him and I got to be really close because he's one of my position players mm-hmm. and um, ended up he went to a men's breakfast at church with me on Saturday. Like I invited him and he showed up. That's cool. It was, it was pretty cool. Another one like randomly messaged me out of the blue because he had a connection with a veterinarian. I've been having issues with my dog and he's like, he reaches out to me and I'm like, by the way, how are you doing? Like, why are you helping me out? And then he's like telling me like all of a sudden like, oh man, I was in a really dark place mentally. And like, I've turned my life around and I came, rededicated my life to the Lord. And I'm like, I'm driving towards the end. I'm like, dude, what? Like, yes. Like, let's, That's we need really to go cool. grab lunch, man. He's like, yeah, okay. Like, that'd be great. And you know, just asking like what they're doing these days. And then I was at the park last night, like feeding ducks with, with Abby and Owen and randomly ran into one of the wide receivers I coached like my first year at Lakeland. Dude, that's really cool. And he just came back into town for Portland, and there he was standing. Hey, coach. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen you in like six years. Like, what's up? (laughs) Dude, that's so cool. That's actually, that's way cool. But, you know, and like that's the thing I think I love the most about having that role of pouring into other kids, though, is when they come back and they're like successful, they're adults, and they still see you, and they're like, hey, coach, what's up? Like, That's a good feeling. And it is a great feeling. And but it's not like stroking my ego or anything. It's like letting me know, like I made a difference. Like I still have that endearing part in their life that they're willing to still call me coach. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like, that's like, that's very cool. Actually like super cool. Isn't it like, I, I feel like there's just the greatest thing in my life is watching my kids grow Yeah, and watching the little path they choose, whether I like it or not, seeing them take that step and choose whatever and then come back or, or you know, it just, it feels good. So like, Dude, a long time ago, um, my first marriage, I was on the phone with my father, mm-hmm. my real dad, right? Um, and I told him I was getting married. And like his immediate response was, I'm disappointed in you. That was it. And like at that point in time, I'm like 18 and I was just like, you know what? If that's how it's going to be, that's how it is. You need so to go I give the phone it. to my sister. I'm going to go invert it. I'm on my totally, head. yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but I mean, like, he didn't ask. He he didn't tell me why. He didn't he didn't even address it properly. Like, if if you're going to say something like that, you got to go. Well, man, that's awesome. I understand how you feel. You should maybe look at doing these things first. Like maybe go to college first. Maybe yeah. maybe do whatever. Maybe right. Or make sure you're doing these while you're married. Give me some advice. Anything, right? It could have been anything. Anything, dude. Any any advice or influence on me, but like he just didn't. And uh, honestly, to this day, I don't know why he was disappointed. I have no clue still. Because um, he couldn't he couldn't manage a marriage himself. 
I I don't know, dude. But I just you're gonna be more successful than your dad. I'm okay with that. I'm just happy that you, dude. The fact that I'm I love being a parent already equals that. Well, I, I flipping love being a parent, and I love my family. Like, dude, I'd love family's amazing. It's everything. One thing the hard part too is that people have a tendency to take the shortcomings of their kids personally. Yeah, they, you and people parents can internalize their kids faults that makes sense and if they didn't you know it's like when your kid lets you down guess what your kids are gonna let you down whether they're two or they're 22 or 42 or whatever they're gonna let you down at some point i mean if your kid hasn't said i hate you recently okay no not recently but if they haven't said it once in their or life, stormed out of the room and said this isn't fair i got the, the first i got the first one last night like one of the first real ones <laughs> last night it's not fair and like runs out of the room and like stomps and does the and like the hip turn thing, mm-hmm. oh, flipping like, amazing. Like you're growing up. <laughs> like I'm laughing internally, but yeah, yeah, you have to. But at the same time, like you can't internalize <laughs> the shortcomings of your kids or even that stuff. That reaction, they're gonna have that reaction because not everybody's gonna agree 100 percent of the time. They're gonna in their teenage brain or adolescent brain or child brain or adult brain are gonna see things differently than how you see it. Yeah, so. If our first action is out of love and support for our kids, you know, our first knee-jerk reaction, your dad should have been like, hey, that's great. What are you doing for counseling? Or something. Yeah. Or like, hey, that's great. And and like, that's what you should have, that's what yeah. should have happened. You know, it's like, how long have you been? I mean, he obviously didn't know you very well, so I think that's part well, of I mean, the, you know, the response. Yeah. But, you know, you need to be invested in your kid's life to have a conversation about that. And, you know, if I'm going to step up Did- and tell my parents something like that, like, I know the reaction is going to be supportive. Well, I mean, even if you don't, even if you're not active in your kid's life and your child reaches out and says this, yeah, you go, Hey, you know what? That's great. Here's some advice. This is what I feel that this is, this is whatever, or, you know, anything else. Right. I mean, honestly, just anything. So, you know, say it's 15 years from now and one of your sons comes up to you and he's like, dad, I'm depressed. And I go, Why? Stop it, right? Stop being depressed. Is that going to be your first response? Oh, you have no need. Now, pa- be passive about it. Pfft. You got nothing to be depressed about. Dude, Look how good things are. Honestly, sometimes I feel that way. I'm, I mean, okay, I'm going to be real. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah. dude. I first, know what you mean by that. But, but it's yeah. like we've got all these first world problems and our kids are like, they have so much angst and so much issues and all this anxiety. And I'm like, like how in the crap? But also heavy, you don't even have real bullies. Heavy is the head, right? Like if you're yeah. putting a lot of that stuff on you, like. Your first world problems, you give enough first world problems, you're going to get first world results. But it's, I think but, part of the issue is that a lot of these kids weren't taught how to find the good in things. And it's like they just sit there and focus because how many kids, okay, so how many kids go outside and play right now out in the sun? Not a lot. Well, there is no sun right now, but yeah. But, well, there, I mean, there has been. I mean, I got, I got some sun. I know. But I mean, like, so, but how many kids, like, legitimately between the ages of, let's say, um, eight to 18 go outside and just go outside not a lot most of them hide away from the sun right they sit inside they sit in their room all day long they play their games all day long they do whatever none of these kids are actively doing anything except sitting and sulking and not like they intend to be like they're not trying to sulk they just they're not out ignoring it i guess is a good way to put it because as kids we used to have issues and we'd have fights with our best friends or whatever, like your best friend would hate you and you'd break up for a minute, right? Because you're best friends. And then you go on with your life and you play and you go outside. 
because that's how we, it wasn't like we avoided it, but that's how you just, okay, I'm going to let it go. And you were friends again. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, man, like there's so much insight and so much only dealing with your, your problems. And then they're like, they're still on Facebook or TikTok or whatever all day long. And you're like, dude, yeah, get outside. Like stop being one with all these negative thoughts and swimming in that and start walking on the shore. Well, when it goes back to the adversity thing that we just talked about a couple of minutes ago about like dealing with hard things that we talk about all the time. Well, yeah. And that's like, <laughs> where do you go when things hit the fan? And yeah. do you become a product of your circumstance or do you become a product of the way you deal with your circumstances? Do you circumstance your product? Yeah. That. Yeah. I know it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense in the context. It, it does, you guys it get it. Yes. Yeah. I, get it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm following you. Yeah, totally. Um, right. But yeah, but and in doing so that, you know, if not everything's teaching your kids, not everything's going to go their way. Right. You don't want to raise mm-hmm. a bunch, like a bunch of like kids that are going to grow up to be helicopter parents. Like yeah. everything needs to be in their favor. Like if we rob our kids of losing baseball games or whatever, like, you know, failing a test once in a while, running and blaming the teacher isn't going to fix the problem. It's like, how about we like go look at what our kid did. And if that, and if they genuinely gave their best effort, then go talk to the teacher. Yeah. Cause then it teaches you to stand your ground for your principles. I mean, the good part is that we don't want to fall into ruts. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, dude, for sure. And you know, as a parent, it's like, okay, if you don't want to fall into ruts, I'm going to build a life on rails. Right. No, it's what you're not going to establish <laughs> everything for your kid. Right. You're not going to live yes. your life for your kid. That's the and then they're going to follow your path of whatever you put out in front of them. Good. No, you're going to basically put the, the delineators on the side of the road saying, okay. stay between here and here. You know, I'm going to teach you the, the right path. But wherever you go in the middle, you're charting your own territory. I'm not going to let you fall off the cliff. If, if there's a blind corner, I'm going yeah. Yeah, to try to put the guardrail in place. At least keeps you on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, you may skid the tires a little bit and bump into the guardrail, but I'm not going to let you fall off the cliff. Yep. And you, you, we look at his parents and we're like, man, it's, it's hard for us, but I can't imagine for the kids. I have to like be empathetic to it and look at like from my child's eyes of like, man, this is a pretty crappy situation for, for what you encounter, you know, like, dude, that's the hardest thing for parents is to go, how do I look at it from my kid's eyes? Yeah. And, and it's funny because like, we were all there. You guys, everybody knows that we went through it and we see everybody else's problems on social media and everybody has a perfect life. So why is my kid encountering crap? Yeah, because it's all crap. It's, it's, a, it's a false persona. It's a facade. It is. I love that word, facade. 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 It's a facade. Yeah. <laughs> That's not spelled. Right. I know. <laughs> facade. <laughs> but like, you know, it's oh. everybody that's negative in your life is doing all these bad things, right? And like, says horrible stuff or horrible stuff happens to you. And like, you start thinking that you're a victim. You know, it's, or like teaching your kid to be a victim and instilling that in them is as like unhealthy as anything else. Like bad things happen to people all the time. All the time. For, right? It's a form of abuse. It really is. If you don't let your Oops. kids, you don't let your kids suffer, like deal with hard stuff and work their way through it. It is a form of abuse because they're not going to build that fortitude to work through hard things later on. You have to build that character. Why do I sound? There we go. I'm sorry. Yeah, your microphone kind of fell. I kind of, that was my fault. Weird. I apologize. But yeah, I mean, that's, you have to kind of rewire your thoughts and, you know, give the pain a purpose. It's like, so we all get like rush 
a rush every once in a while, right? An adrenaline rush? Yeah. So when you go on a roller coaster, initially it's scary. Yeah. And you can either wire your brain to go, this is scary the entire time and never go on one again. Or you wire your brain to go, this is amazing and I want to do more. Mm-hmm. There are Because there's two factions of people. Scared of them, not scared. Yeah. Right? And that that's really what it is. They wired their system to go, this is freaking bomb. And mm-hmm. then the other person went, nope, 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 nope. Especially analytical. If you have an analytical mind versus a reactive mind, mm-hmm. reactive people are like, let's do this. I don't care. Like, we'll deal with the consequences when they happen. Yep. Analytical person goes, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. It's a process of elimination. And then you get, like, over-analysis and constipation because of your over not, not like, the literal, but, like, with your actions. Yes. Um, maybe it causes constipation. I don't know. Hey. Um, <laughs> I see you clenching and holding that in. <laughs> Stress does weird things in the body. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's like, hold on, let me overthink this. Yeah, and that's what's going on. So <laughs> we just, uh, we got to get there. We got to start treating our kids like kids again. And that's how it is. I, I don't know. I think we have a tendency as parents to overcomplicate things for our kids. Yeah. <laughs> because we hold on to things and yeah. they don't. Yeah. Well, they're, depending they're on resilient. Their age. They're resilient. They really that's are. Right, yeah. We've so. got to stop worrying so much. We've got to start. Letting our kids be kids again, though, because, I mean, that's the biggest issue I see. Let them play caps and robbers. Let them just be kids. Let them be cowboys and Indians. Yeah, like, it, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's, you're people. not racing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, get off my lawn. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So Cool. It's episode 18. 18, it is. Talk to me, Goose. Here. <laughs> Talk to me, Dad. I got a need. I need for speed. <laughs> We all wanted that to happen. I was so disappointed that it didn't work its way in the movie. Spoiler alert. That's all right. I mean, you know, <laughs> we got a beach scene, and, and that's, that's we what did we really a, wanted. Yeah, we did. And it's actually a really fun beach scene, too, It actually. was. And it, I actually liked the concept. Of, it was super. Dude, I was yeah. like, that's really, really cool. Yeah. I was like, I actually kind of want to try playing that Yeah, now. totally. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, so yeah. for episode 18, season two, <laughs> I am Tristan. I'm Ryan. Question mark? I'm Maverick. And this is uh What would dad? your what would your flight name be? Like if I had a call sign? Yeah. Oh dude. I know we're trying to wrap up now. We're like I okay, so I've had this childhood nickname for like ever. Mm-hmm. It's Trinja. Trinja? Because I was a ninja in Tristan, yeah. Like and I'm like, the white ninja. I, I'm kind of okay with that. I think that'd be a super cool <laughs> What was Chris Farley's name in Beverly Hills Ninja? Oh, I what totally, did they call him? No, you I don't remember. it, it was um <laughs> He was the great white ninja, though. But white ninja, I totally yeah. forget like what his actual name was. Oh, oh my gosh! Gosh, that movie's great. <laughs> Mine would be like Rhino, because that was my nickname oh, growing hey, up I, as a kid. I like Rhino, or like Panda, or something like that. It was just something funny, dude. I know that. So I know the names are given to you, right? Mm-hmm. And if you screw up and do something dumb, you get a really bad nickname. You get hosed. Yeah, yeah. And there are many out there that have just horribly <laughs> awful nicknames. If if you guys, uh, anybody listening, if you have parents, grandparents, friends that were like, you know, pilots, um, let us know if they have horrible call signs. Call signs. <laughs> I, I need gonna, to know. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and they got to research this now because yeah, like, totally. so funny. But anyway. yeah, anyways. For All right, see you later, guys. Mind. See you later. Take care.